It's time to rock your midlife with Dr. Ellen Albertson. Are you ready to get real, break through, and learn how to make your midlife the best time of your life? Take on those life challenges and turn them into opportunities? Let's rock. Here's Dr. Ellen. Welcome, everyone. Dr. Ellen here, the Midlife Whisperer. I am so grateful that you are joining our Midlife Party today. We've got an incredibly powerful show today. We're going to be talking about stories, empowering stories, and disempowering stories. Last week, we talked all about menopause, and I was super interested to see that Gwyneth Paltrow, Cameron Diaz, and Drew Barrymore got together, and they are actually funding a company to support women going through menopause. So menopause is hot, no pun intended, but today we're switching gear a little bit. We are going to talk about stories. And you know, midlife is a roller coaster, and that's why I love this show. It's your one-stop shop for all your midlife needs, but there are so many highs and lows at midlife. Let me tell you about my life. Yesterday was a very interesting day. My son turned 21, which is a huge milestone. So proud of him. He is going to Northeastern, go Huskies. He is majoring in electrical engineering and music technology. So he's got like his dream career, wanting to be a musician. And then, you know, his backup career is a good one too. Went to Boston to visit him and just felt so empowered because I got divorced about four and a half years ago. I left and the relationships were hard and things are really um, healing. So super proud of him. But on the same day, I should say last week, I got that dreaded phone call. You know, you have the mammogram. In my case, it was a breast density exam. And I got the phone call. Um, you have to come back in. So yesterday was the day for me to come back in and have another um, ultrasound. So if you have dense breasts, which is a condition that about 50% of women have dense breasts, mammograms don't always pick up if there's an issue because the dense breast tissue can actually mask and keep the mammogram from showing. So you get a false negative. So anyway, I went in and had another breast density exam and the um, radiologist comes in and she tells me that I have a mass and it is a, I guess they call it a, um, a level five and that there's a 95% um, chance that it's malignant, that it's cancer. So I have to say, you know, a lot of stories were going through my head. First, there was a story of, oh my God, why is this happening to me? It's cancer. My life is like over. How am I going to get through this? And then there was the other side of the coin, which was, a, you know, well, first the, that, you know, it's, they caught it early. Everything's going to be okay. And, you know, I've really chosen to choose the empowered story to use this platform to encourage women to get mammograms. I was amazed that only about half of women um, have mammograms every year. Um, and very few women actually are doing the breast density. So if you have dense breasts, I'm here to say getting a breast density can really save your life. But I'm really choosing the empowered story, not the woe is me, why is this happening? In self-compassion, we have something called common humanity. It's just, hey, shit happens, right? I mean, stuff happens in life. Um, my fiance's mother died last week as well. So it's been kind of a really intense week, but that's just part of life. And I think for me at midlife, it really causes me to pause and just be like, oh my God, life is so short. Like I better like wring every second out of it. If you're listening, you know, go on that trip, hug your kids, 
go for that, you know, career, that book you want to write, whatever it is that you want to do. Life is incredibly short and you've really got to make the most of it. And, you know, midlife is a time of so many challenges and, ch and really the stories we tell ourselves about these challenges determine our actions, our outcomes, and also the opportunities that we see and also our mental health. If we tell ourselves positive stories of hope and faith, gonna be okay, well, that's what we see. And this isn't just woo, it's, sure, it's law of attraction, what we put out there, we attract, but there's great research from a woman named Barbara Fredrickson that really says when we have positive emotions, we tell ourselves positive stories, we generate positive emotions, positive actions, we take more positive actions, we broaden and build our horizons. And you know, I find that one of the reasons that so many women are unhappy at midlife is we've been telling ourselves disempowering stories. I know this was the case in my life. It was like I was climbing this ladder of success, but the ladder was up against the wrong building. I was climbing somebody else's ladder. You know, I was going after degrees and creating careers and even a marriage that looked great from the outside, but it was somebody else's story. It wasn't mine. And very early in life, I don't know if you're a fan of the four agreements, um, Ruaz has this, um, one of his agreements is really not to buy into what he calls domesticated agreements. We are domesticated. We are taught, uh, you know, what to feel, what to say, what to do at a very early age. You know, our mom tells us, clean your room, get good grades, clean the food off your plate, be quiet, be good. And we internalize these stories and that becomes our inner critic. When we don't behave well, our inner critic pops up and tells us we're not doing okay, or we got our people pleaser in there, keeping us in line. We're more focused on pleasing others than pleasing ourselves. And we, we build our lives based on pleasing others and all the rules and values of our families and society are imposed on us. It's kind of like, a computer, all that information is downloaded into your head. But I'm here to say that you can put in another program. And that is what we are going to be focusing on today. The Dalai Lama says that the world is going to be saved by Western women and we need to change our stories. You know, as women, we often face the systemic um, pressure to have a certain perspective to tell certain stories. We're told that, you know, if we make a scene, we're being difficult or irrational. You know, if we call out somebody's lie or we tell someone you can't do that. You know, I'm amazed when I see um, the difference between men and women, they've been, done a lot of research on what women standing up for things like raises and, you know, standing up to their managers versus what men do. And there's a huge discrepancy, but we deserve to be heard we deserve to be listened to, you know, and our wisdom and ability to see the bigger picture is a powerful force. And it's what the world needs now. We need to stop leaning into, you know, all of this economic BS that we're doing all of these things for the dollar when, you know, our planet needs healing, when our species needs healing, we need to lean out of war and into really healing the earth or we are not going to have a planet to live. On. So the question is, how can women push back against systemic gaslighting, pushbacks, and denial? Well, by learning to take the space and time to be heard, that's how we do the pushback. 
And there are ways to do it without direct confrontation that are powerful and effective. So our first guest, Annette Simons, is here and she's going to share how we can push back and be heard. She's a keynote speaker. She's a consultant. She is author of four books, including her newest book, which is called Drinking from a Different Well, How Women's Stories Change and What Power Means in Action. I have been enjoying the book. I'm so excited to welcome you to Rock Your Midlife. Well, thank you. I just love that you mentioned those domesticating agreements because that's that's something that um, is a central part of this book is the idea that, that we've been, you know, when I was uh, a kid, I'm an only child. My dad wanted a boy. Yes, I was taught how to make a, to produce a resume by the time I was 14 years old so that I could walk the pavement and get, you know, good summer jobs. Um, and I was taught to be competitive. And so uh, with the best of intentions, my dad taught me how to win. Um, and so I ended up with a great career, but uh, this whole winning thing uh, caused people to compete in ways that, that I found distressful. And uh, there is a term uh, that women and men are experiencing um, that came from nursing when they asked them why they're leaving nursing. And this is even before the pandemic. And the term is moral distress. So being put into a system where you can only win in ways that people lose, uh, where you can't, you, you know, efficiency can sometimes translate kindness as inefficiency. So there are systems where we can't be kind. There are systems where we can't take the time and systems where we can't speak up about things that aren't immediately obvious to men. I believe that males and females are an evolutionary team and the differences between us aren't necessarily what we, we can do because men and women, we can, we can do the same things. It's not a problem. The difference is what we love to do. And so when you end up with a more masculine culture, and certainly business has become that, where you're supposed to love to win, it squeezes out your opportunity to uh, sacrifice on behalf of someone else. And that generates moral distress. Not only, it also generates uh, climate disaster, war, and all the rest of it. So, so one of the things about women speaking up now, we have the, the missing link on how to solve global world problems. Um, and the missing link is not just what we see that, that men don't tend to see, um, but it's, it's what we care about. Um, you only need to look at the statistics on emotional labor and how much of that work we do, even though it's unpaid. And that's a good measure of love. You know, how much you love doing these things. Um, and, and so we're, for some reason, those of us who are interested in saving the earth instead of, you know, uh, Lining raping, our pockets. raping and pilling the pillaging. There you the go. Earth, there you go. That's those say. are great words. Um, we actually use a different process by which we come together to decide what problems we need to solve. So it goes back that far. In a competitive narrative, the problem you want to solve is how to win faster um, and how to win more. 
But in a collaborative narrative, which is what you know we're kind of built to gather data on, we can't ignore the the workers in in China who are jumping off the the buildings because you know their workload is is so miserable, and we're we're now the great resignation is, is demonstrating just where our values are, and so kind of the good news is that companies are beginning to realize that if they can't or offer what it is we want in order to stay in, we leave. Yeah, it's and, true. I think people are really getting to the place where they're tired of the hustle culture. I think that's something that happened with COVID and people were questioning like, why am I doing this? What's the value of it? And really starting to see, and I think companies are also starting to bring in a little bit more of a narrative of what's the moral good in what we, we are doing. But and, it and in a way faster. That, and in a way that actually is much more uh, practical than sustainability metrics, because sustainability metrics simply translated, um, you know, taking care of the earth into the paradigm of competitive advantage. And so what happens is that people then are like, well, I'm not going to do more than my fair share. And so nobody does anything. Um, we have to have a different way to talk about which problems we need to solve and how we go about solving them. So my career has been fantastic. I had a blast. I've actually, the, the Different Well is my fifth book. And every single one of my books, I was infiltrating from within, getting more feminine values, um, uh, but without naming gender. So for instance, the first book I wrote was called Territorial Games. If you've ever had anybody withhold information from you um, and then deny it, you know, say, oh no, you must not have understood that. Well, that happened to me in the nineties. And I was like, oh yes, it did. <laughs> so I wrote a book and, gather these stories to show how people compete in ways that actually destroy the the common good and our and then i wrote a book called a safe place for dangerous truth because you were talking about before you know we want to figure out low confrontation ways to speak up about things that nobody wants to hear about and i have some good news and bad news um we don't get low confrontation uh options um, yes, we can, we can articulate and I'm doing the best I can to help women articulate in a way that makes logistical sense, um, so that we can change these systems. But the truth is that, uh, as we speak up, if we're going to find a system where people are, are more fair across the board, the big winners are going to lose a bit. Um, and so uh, they don't, we, they don't want to give in at all. And if that's the, they don't want to give in at all, give anything at all. If, if, if they think of this as a game, but if they think of their children and their grandchildren, and that's the shift we need to make to where it's, it's, you know, do you care about your grandkids? And then that decision-making process is different. So we have, to, we have to add the moral uh, capacity uh, to our decision-making processes. And well, I think too, in terms of, you know, in terms of happiness too, I think that once people step are able to step out of that ego sense of like, I have to be the top dog. I have to have the power. I have to be in charge. You know, I'm valued by how much money I make and what you my bet. title is. They get to the end of your life. People realize that's not what was important to me, you know, right. to drill yeah. down and have people look at their core values, what really makes them happy. I have to say, 
having a health um, challenge always makes me step back and say, what's really, really important? How do you want to spend your time? Yeah. And certainly I'm not going to get to the end of my life and go, I'm so glad that I, you know, made so much money. Nobody gets to the end of their life and goes, I'm so glad I made so much money and had so much power. They always think about the love and the kids. And Absolutely. So I'm curious, what can women actually do to trust and listen to their instincts and, and step up? Because I know women are, are scared. I coach women all the time and I, we do coach uh, in business settings. And a lot of times women are, you know, scared to lean in and raise their hand or well, when they let me see speak, something amiss. Let me speak personally to that. Um, so, so I was figuring all the workarounds, uh, invented, you know, the dialogue process that kind of without, uh, and, and I figured out that I had to do this on my own because I would go into businesses, I would become, you know, do a good job at what I was asked to do. And then they would hire a man to take it over. Um, and uh, so I, had, I, I needed to figure out, at least for me personally, a way to do this by myself. But the first book I wrote is looking for solutions because I, this has been my personal journey is what do you do when someone does strategic non-compliance, which is they look you straight in the eye and go, we will talk about that at our next board meeting. And you're thinking you're lying through your teeth. Um, so, so these 10 games, intimidation, um, uh, invisible walls, strategic non-compliance, filibuster, uh, those people who just won't shut up so you don't get a, a chance to speak. It's important to prepare yourself to know it's going to happen and to unplug our resentment about it. So people are just territorial. It's part of human nature. And um, there have been some good things about it and some bad things about it. We're in a situation where we've passed the point of diminishing returns. So the first piece of advice I give is to anticipate you're going to get some pushback. And don't freak out about it. I spent many, many of my years trying to play small, um, trying to accommodate, and it made me sick. I ended up getting fibromyalgia um, because I was traveling. I was traveling around the world since I was 23, just over and over and over and over again. I would I would take gigs, you know, wherever they, they wanted me, and I ruined my health. Um, and so I had to learn to, to pull back. Uh, so the second thing is to understand what it is you're willing to take on and what, what, what you're not. So pick your battles in a way, but at least pick one. Um, and then the second thing is that anticipating that you're going to get pushback. What happens that when we, when women specifically, particularly any woman who has been sexually abused or raped, uh, in my case, both, what happens is that when a territorial game player wants to back you off, um, all they have to do is humiliate you in public. And so this is probably the biggest thing that causes women to try to play small. And what I discovered over the years is that no one can humiliate you without your permission. Mm, that's a great point. And, and so I want to tell you a story about, uh, I was working with a group from the Pentagon um, and uh, the the situation was a battle meet a, a budget meeting which everybody treats like a battle so there's that competitive narrative and these these people were supposed to be taking care of soldiers families um and relatives and so i wanted to shift that 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 attention away from i'm going to win as much as i can and to what can we do together to take care of these families well it was rocky 
Um, and at one point, uh, this woman role modeled who I want to be when I grow up. This two-star general screamed across at her and he said, why don't you just grow up? And she leans forward and she is both warm and cool when she says, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but could you be more specific? And it's like, I want to be you. <laughs> because sad. when we stay sane, you know, they end up looking like the bully. Yeah, it's really true. We have to keep our head on our shoulders because what happens, and I think that you, a couple of points I wanted to pick up on are the trauma. So if you have been sexually abused, being intimidated by a male power figure can really put you into fight flight and totally so you're in the freeze mode so you yeah. don't my do brain anything. doesn't come back until 3 a.m yeah and so that is first to understand that and then um to understand that you can't be humiliated unless you're allowing that to happen and that you all of this is very empowering to understand you can get some help for the trauma you can learn how to stand up for yourself and you can pick and choose your battles and it sounds like she was able to really um, hold up a mirror to him. And see, that's the beauty of us sharing our stories and the work that you do is that when we, I share that story. So your brain now has a role model, you know, of something that didn't turn out to be a disaster. It, it, and once we start to embed these stories in our memories, then we're much more likely to come up with a similarly sane, uh, calm and yet not backing down answer. Our stories are so important. I wanted to touch a little bit too in talking about inspiration um, on Greta Thunberg. If you haven't, if you're listening and you haven't checked her out, do look at her YouTube video because she is like the Joan of Arc of what we are talking about here. Um, she has Asperger's, so her brain works a little bit differently. But in her world, she's like why like she has she just cannot understand and i read a great book called bewilderment which is also about an autistic child where in terms of the climate issue both the character in the story and greta thunberg are like are you you're either stupid or you're evil it's one or the other and she stands up in literally with the highest powered people on the planet and is just standing them down and just saying you i you know i i don't want to believe you're evil so maybe you just don't understand that if we don't I do think... something about climate change it's going to be a disaster I think one of the advantages of autism is, is not being able to read social cues. Um, so that gives you, um, you're not criticizing yourself in your own head because, you know, that guy back there is going like this or, you know, you're getting those sort of looks when, and so it, those of us who aren't autistic, what we do is we train ourselves to expect that. Um, so it's not a surprise. Um, and to speak anyway. Uh, we're very and Greta is empathetic just... as women. As women, we're very empathetic. And so we don't want to cause, I know myself still being a bit of a people pleaser, not wanting to cause um, any pain. So why did you dedicate the book to her? Well, so I've written four books, um, Territorial Games, Safe Place for Dangerous Truth, The Story Factor, which is I, my job is to get people to tell stories to each other in corporations so we can get that moral you know, uh, uh, point of view alive and, and impactful. And then whoever tells the best story wins, which is really kind of a trick to bait and switch <laughs> those people who want to dominate, control the narrative. I point out that what we do is we, we create a collection of narratives. But then I turned 60 and I thought, you know what? 
I'm not going to pretend like this isn't about gender anymore. I'm not going to say, oh, we're all the same because I know back in my twenties and my thirties, it just made sense to say there is no difference because then I wouldn't, I wouldn't be thinking I'm a victim. You know, I didn't want to think like I was a victim, but now I realize, oh my God, we actually have the missing piece. Um, and so Greta Thunberg is, is for me, the, the worldwide example of a female speaking up about something that, that competitive systems have, have collaborated in minimizing. And so uh, the response to her, the millions and millions of, of people and kids that, that they, she is evidence that when we speak up, it makes a difference. And so, of course, I also really admire her because I'm too concerned about climate disaster. And um, the book that I've written, this dif different well, drinking from a different well, is trying to illustrate that 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 we need two uh, sides of the same polarity um, in business. So, uh, in a competitive system, you just take care of yourself. In a collaborative system, you take care of everybody, you know, uh, the same. Well, there's no world in which we get to be one or the other. We've tried this being one, but it's, it's about a perceptual agility where we toggle back and forth between being able to see the world in, in terms of the competitive ter terms and also being able to see the world in terms of moral terms in terms of collaborative narratives. Um, and so uh, I just think that there are so many women out there who know they haven't been listened to, who understand, have relatives uh, uh, that they could pick up the phone and call and say, you know what? I'm concerned about this, this, and this. And if all of us spoke, then we would see some big changes. And so I want every woman, this, is a, this book is a love letter to women because I want women to understand that we actually do see things that men don't usually see. Just because we have a different, different way of, of valuing, you know, we have multiple roles that we try to, to play. And it gives us special talents in managing balance across um, uh, multiple needs. And so every woman has something important to say. And if this book does nothing, I want, I want to, to confirm and validate that what you thought was wrong way back then, what you think is wrong right now is wrong <laughs> and, um, and not working. And so speak up and let's do what we can to change it. Yeah, that's a great message because if we, you know, we're 50% of the population and if all of us push back, you know, I always just think of, you know, what it would be like from the female perspective, if we eliminated, if we just eliminated war and we eliminated doing everything based on, economics as opposed instead of morality what i'm sorry doing everything based on on morality as opposed to economics what the world would look like so if you're listening thinking about how you can push back read the book 
And also, you know, there's a lot of good coaches too. I think, think there are great career coaches out there who can help to support you in how you can strategically. We're not just saying, you know, just talk back all the time, but I think what you're saying here is do it strategically, decide what battles you want to fight um, and, you know, what, what's important to you. Yeah, and stretch outside what you think your circle of influence is. Um, your cousin, your uncle, uh, there are lots of phone calls. Absolutely. So before we take a break, tell us a little bit about one of the stories. I love the story of the woman with the branches. Can you? Okay, that that's my friend Robin. She, so somebody knocks on her door and she answers it. And this guy goes, is your husband at home? And she's like, well, I don't have a husband. What question do you want to ask me? So that was the first step where she chose not to be offended. You know, this, we get hijacked sometimes when we get really pissy. The second thing is that they took her out and they're wanting to chop all these branches and the pole is actually leaning into her trees. So she told the power company, no. And when she went back inside, she came out and found they had cut exactly the branches that she told them not to cut. Well, that was it. Perseverance is one of the things that we need to cultivate. So what she did is she went and got the family Bible. She crawled up into that tree and she started reading out of Genesis about how we're supposed to protect the earth. And eventually they gave up. They drove off and word traveled. And so the cars in her driveway, you know, moved from a Ford to uh, a Subaru, to a BMW, then the Mercedes pulls up. So you, he's obviously the top executive at the power company. And, he, and every single one of them, she said, come out and look with your own eyes. And that's the other thing we do as storytellers. We tell, we help people see what they're not seeing. And so she asked them, tell me, are, is this pole straight? And of course, no. And she said, well, then if you would straighten the pole, you would not need to cut my trees. And that last car that pulled up in her driveway was, ma'am, I think you'll be happy to know that we've decided to straighten the poles. Yeah, no, so that's, that's a, Robin. That's a great story. So do get the book. We're going to take a little break. Now. I want to let you know you are listening to Rock Your Midlife. If you want to get in touch with me, the best place to go is my website, which is just themidlifewhisperer.com. I have a great free gift for you there. You can get my book, Rock Your Midlife as well. And I would love to hear from you about the kind of stories that you would like to hear, the topics you'd like me to cover on the show. We'll be back on the other side with Jennifer Maxwell, who is the creator of The Power Bar, who is going to inspire you. And she has a great new bar called The Jam Bar. So stay tuned. Talk to you on the other side. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Midlife can be challenging. You may be sandwiched between growing kids and aging parents, dealing with menopause, and trying to find work-life balance. Or maybe your life looks good on the outside, but inside you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed and wondering how to get your confidence and joy back. You need someone to help you get real, discover who you are, and navigate life. Hi, I'm Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer, and I'm here to help. I've worked with hundreds of midlife women, went from surviving to thriving at midlife myself, and literally wrote the book on this pivotal time period. 
Rock Your Midlife, Seven Steps to Transform Yourself and Make Your Next Chapter Your Best Chapter. Think of me as the one-stop shop for all your midlife needs. I'm a psychologist, nutritionist, and board-certified health and wellness coach with 30 years of experience empowering midlife women. I provide nutrition consults, life coaching, and free resources to help you transform your body, your mind, your career, and your relationships. Feeling stuck? I can help you figure out how to live authentically with joy, passion, and purpose. Every Wednesday here on Voice America, live from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I share my passion for making the most of midlife and my expertise on the most pressing midlife issues from changing family relationships, managing stress, and securing enough resources to rediscovering yourself. I also interview experts from around the world to help you navigate your life. For more information, please visit my website, themidlifewhisperer.com, for fabulous resources, including my free gift, 10 Tips to Rock Your Midlife. That's themidlifewhisperer.com. Hope to see you there soon. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Rock Your Midlife with Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer. Have a question for Dr. Ellen or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now back to the show. Here again is Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer. 
Welcome back to Rock Your Midlife. Thank you for being here today. If you want to get in touch with me, check out my website. It is themidlifewhisperer.com. That's themidlifewhisperer.com. And I have been talking to Annette Simmons, who is the author of this great book. If you're watching me with visual here, it's called Drinking from a Different Well, How Women's Stories Change, What Power Means in Action. And she's has been giving us lots of valuable things that we can do to really have our voices. Interesting, when I talk to midlife women, so many of us have... Uh, throat chakra issues, throat issues. I had a client who would just swallow everything. And I know myself, I had, I have Hashimoto's disease, which is a disease of the thyroid. So I think we actually, as you were saying, you got chronic fatigue. We actually make ourselves sick. Not only are we not part of the solution in the world, but when we don't speak up for ourselves, we're kind of like swallowing things and making ourselves sick. So I want to actually uh, bring on Jennifer Maxwell now, and she's going to ask a question of Annette Simmons. And she is the co-founder of the original Power Bar. So I don't know how many of you, I've been a runner my whole life, runner athlete. Remember, it was like the first kind of gel food for runners. It was just a huge new novel thing. And of course, now the whole energy bar category um, is really expanded. And she actually has a new bar out, which is absolutely delicious. It's organic. It's made completely from fruits and nuts and um, vegan protein sources. It's called the Jam Bar. And she's going to tell us all about her story. She is actually a lifelong runner, a food scientist. She is a mother of six She's also a drummer, so we're going to talk about starting new things in midlife, um, and we'll get to her in a moment, but I, but I would love for you, Jennifer, to ask Annette a question. Super. Thank you for having me, You're Dr. Welcome. Ella. And, great and to nice, have you here. Nice to be part of your, your show, and, and Annette, it was great to hear from you as well. My question for you has to do about the culture in business. You were mentioning the bit of a hyper-competitive culture that often there's a winner and a loser. Mm-hmm. Um, Part of my impetus and thought around creating Jambar and a different type of business was to address that issue, actually, because we at Jambar, we donate 50% of our profits to um, active living and music. So a big part of the business is built around philanthropy, and it's also built around community. So I want Jambar to be this force of positivity. And it's not about winning and losing. It's about building community and getting involved in the community with a movement. So we're a mission-based company, mission-based product, and that we involve ourselves in the community by promoting music education and active living, that we're really benefiting the whole community and we produce a fantastic product. So I was thinking, wow, you know what? We're really about competition. That's right. You know, That's a lot right. Of companies That's... are, and we're not really. And, yeah. and that's 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 just gets me so excited every time I hear about somebody like you. Um, I would even say the woman uh, who owns Spanx. Uh, there are there are cultural differences between the way you operate and the way these traditional competitive mm-hmm. systems have been set up. And so you're the role model for the next generation mm-hmm. of of how we build uh, systems. And and um, you're cultivating every person who's working for you right now. They're learning mm-hmm. how to do it and they could maybe go do it on their own. And so I'm just so grateful to hear um, how you have uh, really uh, taken the bull by the horns and decided, okay, we're, we're gonna do this different. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. proved, proving that it <laughs> succeeds, yay. Yeah, and we're tiny, right? We're tiny, we're tiny but mighty, I say. Um, so Jambar 
is an evolution, right? So as Dr. Allen mentioned, my late husband and I invented the category of energy bars with Power Bar back in 1985. So it's been quite a long, a long time. Uh, we ended up growing the business, and it was a, a employee-owned business. So all of our employees owned was an ESOP, employee ownership stock program. We also had profit sharing. So even back then, mm-hmm. Brian and I had identified this is a this is not just a, a you know a, at the top everyone benefits. The entire company is is invested in doing a good job and benefiting from doing a good job and creating a really collaborative place to work. So that was Power Bar. You know, we sold it. As I said, I raised my six kids and um, got out of the food industry for a number of years. Uh, Brian passed away of a, a congenital heart uh, deformity in 2004. And then I was left as a single mom and having to heal from that. It was extremely traumatic, as you can imagine, with six kids. It took me a couple of years to heal where I could really even function. Um, and in that healing process, um, I found music. The music came to me, and drums specifically. As also mentioned, I've been a competitive athlete, committed athlete as well my whole life. So I had the, 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 the athletic ability, and, the, and so I decided, well, the drums is the musical outlet for me, right? It's very physical. So the drums spoke to me, and I started taking drum lessons, and I just fell in love with it. And it was so healing to have the music and the, something to focus on um, and bringing that into my life. And I really committed myself to it. And it took about 10 years to get pretty good. Now I'm in two bands, I play every day, so it's, it's a big part of my identity, um, being a drummer. So the music is there, the athletics, the sports were there. Um, as mentioned, I'm a food scientist, so I, I kind of got this idea of encouraging from my daughter, why don't I go back into the kitchen and create a new energy bar? And because there's nothing really on the market that I wanted to, to eat. A lot of the products are either too, um, too sweet, too based just on fruit, you know, not enough protein, um, sugars that I didn't want to eat. I wanted something more natural, closer to the earth. That's just the way I like to eat. And so I worked with uh, a grain, worked different grains, different protein sources, gluten-free grains, protein sources. Um, we have a, it's a plant protein from sunflower seeds. And we sweeten the product with maple syrup and grape and honey and, and dates, so not brown rice syrup, no tapioca syrup, so no what I call manufactured sweeteners, which pretty much every other bar uses. Because um, I wanted something that was super tasty, and cost was not my number one priority, right? It wasn't about trying to make a product or I'm going to make a bunch of you know profit, and I'm going to make a cheap product. I was like, well, I know I want the best product, and I'll figure out a way of cutting the cost somewhere else so that we can be a, a sustainable, stay in, in business, make profit for, for our entities that we support, but cut costs somewhere else, not on the product. And that was kind of my big goal. And I did that, and, and Jambar is, is a great product, super high quality, all organic, and we, um, we involve ourselves in the community. With uh, locally, we're here in San Rafael, California, so we got involved with all kind of music education for kids and for mobile, mobile uh, jazz units going around providing music to people in the community. Um, we're in about a dozen or so different musical entities in the Bay Area and a couple outside the Bay Area. And then in the sports community, we do 
all kinds of, we give product away, a little bit of funding for trail work or putting on races or um, um, any kind of activity that gets people outside and gets people collaborating together. And I have to say, it's, it is a really delicious product. Um, so if you're listening, it's not available. We'll hope it's in the Whole Foods and the Trader Joe's at some point, maybe even the Costco's. But um, it is a really tasty product as a dietitian. I can definitely say it's like the right mix of, as you said, carbohydrates and proteins, no nasty ingredients. And I think we can also, we can really do, we talked, you know, um, Annette talked a lot about speaking up, but we also can vote with our dollar. So instead of buying, you know, the bar that is like a company, like a Coca-Cola behind it or a Nestle behind it. I mean, the power bar has changed. I mean, I live in Vermont, so it's awesome. Like <laughs> you think about when products like Ben and Jerry's was sold to Unilever and they went through some change of the product, but you, you know, mm -hmm. we, we really vote with our dollars. So if you are to buy this product, not only are you getting a product that's good for your body, but you're also giving back. You're funding an organization, a business that is giving back to the community, mm -hmm. that's giving back to employees. So I think that's a way that we can really make a difference. I'm curious, what flavor is your favorite? So there's four flavors. There's two that are based on whey protein for the protein, and there's two that are plant-based on the sunflower. The chocolate and the malt nut are very classic, very similar to Power Bar, but more natural, all organic. All the bars have 10 grams of protein and four grams of fiber. So the chocolate and the malt, and then we have two that are plant-based, and that's jazzleberry and um, mango. And all the four flavors have a musical name. So you've got musical mango, uh, jam and jazzleberry, malt nut melody, and chocolate cha-cha. So because of the big connection with music, I thought, well, have fun with this. And I actually did the logo myself. So it's a hand-drawn wrapper, very colorful, very positive. And my daughter did the pictures of the musicians that are on the wrapper. So when you, cool. when you see the product either on, on, at a store or on, online, like you say, you'll see this, wow, this product looks really different. It looks very homegrown and that's because it is. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It brings me back to thinking about how we would people would make bars before bars were even a category. And if you want to try mm -hmm. it, you can go to jambars.com. And also mm -hmm. we are going to give away a 12 pack and all mm -hmm. you need to do is leave a review for the show on any platform. I will go take a look at anybody in the next 10 days or so who leaves a review will get entered in the contest to win a box of jam bar. So just go, you know, any of the podcast platforms, YouTube, Spotify, it'll be there. So I'm curious, I know you're a food scientist. Um, mm -hmm. How do you see nutritional needs for active people changing as we sort of are in midlife in our 40s, uh -huh. 50s, and 60s? That's a good question because uh, I think it, it does change, right? As you get older, even if you focus on being active, as we hope it do, because you know, the way to sustain muscle mass is to keep exercising. The way to sustain health is to keep exercising. But you still, your metabolism starts to go down a bit. So if you maintain your same eating styles and eating preferences into your 40s, 50s, and beyond, you will start to most likely gain weight. So the way to, to prevent that is to um, be a little more conscious about what you eat and make everything count. And I've always had a couple of pieces of advice. Any type of dietary program you go on should be sustainable and I'm not a big believer in um, all or nothing kind of diets I think there is room to enjoy a treat here and there but remember that it's a treat and choose a, a style of eating that's sustainable for your health well I feel like you're, when I have your jam bar it feels like a treat for me honestly yeah. I eat a lot of dried fruits I don't eat I've lost my um, desire for 
processed sugar, processed foods. I eat mostly whole food, plant-based. We grow most of our foods. And I have to say, if you're listening after 50, women need more protein. So our protein okay. requirements go from 0.8 grams per kilogram okay. of body weight and increases after 50 to one to like 1.2, even 1.5. So we actually mm -hmm. need more protein. That's because as our estrogen levels go down, there's more what's called a scarpopenia. So we start to lose, as you were saying, our muscle mass. So I mean, really yeah. the way to combat that is making sure to have your protein. So when you do grab a bar, I mean, it's great if you are moving to have something that has carbohydrate and protein before you exercise, and then also after you exercise to fuel your muscles. So muscles need both carbohydrates and protein. Right. I was talking to my, my son who I mentioned earlier in the show, and he's like, just really, you know, down in the way protein. And I'm like, Marcus, you have to have some <laughs> carbohydrate too, but your yeah. bar is a really nice um, combo of two. Plus it just yeah. tastes good. Yeah, that's exactly right. The, the bar, jam bar is a little bit of a mini meal. You've got 10 grams of protein. So address your issue. Yes, you do need to be aware of eating enough protein, a little bit more than you might have per body weight as you get older. Um, and the fiber is important too, because you want to have that satiating fullness for having the fiber for you know, eliminating, you know, getting the toxins through and keeping your, your digestive system working healthy. Fiber is very important for that. The balance of, of simple and complex carbs, I think is important and that's what Jambar provides. And again, the natural sources. I'm a big proponent on eating natural natural from the earth ingredients, natural from the food products and trying to eliminate, you know, eliminate and minimize your processed foods. So how have you seen the food industry change? So I know you've been sort of part of that, you're a food scientist. You know, I'm, on the one hand, I know that something like 57% of the calories we consume are from processed foods. On the other hand, we have, you know, the growth of whole foods and even, you know, Trader Joe's carries a ton of organic. So we've got like more availability of he healthy foods, but on the other hand, we've got more people eating junk food, fast food, processed food. So how are you seeing the mm -hmm. whole food industry um, transform and change? I think a lot of it is just education. There's a lot more availability of foods. We don't have food shortages the way that we might think we have. It's almost an excess of food in a lot of respects, but you're right, a lot of it's processed food because it takes effort to get away from it. You have to have the education of how to cook for yourself, which is really important. It goes even down to kids learning how to cook. So that's part of it. And if you're privileged enough to live in an area where you have health food stores, you can make those good decisions, but a lot of people don't, right? And so they eat a lot of the meals at fast food places because they're convenient and they're cheap. So it's the understanding of, well, if I don't want to eat healthy, if I don't want to eat a fast food, what are the choices do I have? So a lot of it is education. Yeah, education, I think food availability is certain for people who live in food deserts and, you know, where. Yeah trying to make some changes. Certainly, you know, Michelle Obama had that whole big campaign to help kids, which actually moved mm -hmm. things in, in a good direction. Um, I would say if you're listening and you don't know how to cook, just start with one meal a week. Like just mm -hmm. decide, I'm going to spend this weekend learning how to roast chicken or really um, like my partner before he met me, he doesn't cook, but he eats tons of raw vegetables. He'll just have mm -hmm. raw vegetables with hummus yeah. and you can always, yeah. you know, do salad, do raw vegetables. I think it's all about getting away from meat being the center mm -hmm. of your plate and getting into thinking about meat more as a condiment or even going Absolutely. more vegetarian is just bringing it back. Like, you know, Greta um, Thunberg is a vegan because that mm -hmm. has also a big impact on the planet. When right. we and eat animal products, it has a much more of a negative impact on the environment. Right, and that's an awareness that has really gained momentum is trying to have more of your diet be plant-based. Doesn't mean you have to eliminate meat altogether. Um, but it's a good idea to to realize that you don't have to eat meat to get enough protein. 
as long as you're careful and you're educated. So again, it goes back to education and jam bar is why we have two plant protein bars and two that are whey protein bars so you can make that choice for yourself. But learning how to cook is paramount and it doesn't have to be complicated. Learning how to combine different grains, they always say the beans and the rice and lentils and legumes and a lot of vegetables have some protein and then the soy if you eat soy. And I mean, there's so many options now with pasta made from lentils and um, you know, you have of course the, the meat substitutes if you want to choose that way of getting your protein. Um, but I love been... the vegetarian sources. Those those chickpea pastas are amazing. Right. Now I can just have pasta with vegetables and I've got my protein taken care of. So I want Annette to jump back in and ask you a question before okay. we wrap up. Annette, do you have a question for Jennifer? I do. I'm just so excited that you've created this collaborative environment. And one of the the places where I notice um, it can go wrong or it can go right mm -hmm. is with the performance review system. What's mm -hmm. different about the way you handle, you know, managing people's performance that uh, I'd love to hear? Okay, that's a good question. So we're pretty young in that we only launched in October of last year, um, but already I've developed a culture at Jambar and it's a collaborative culture where it's not just coming from me to the top, you know, from the top down, I really involve the entire company. So that means all the, so we have our own manufacturing plant, I should mention, right? Wow. So we make our own products. So I have a very di diverse group of employees and we have a company meeting every month to talk about what we're doing right and what mm -hmm. we need to think about changing and what the priorities are for everybody together. So everyone really feels valued, everyone's yeah. opinion and everyone's experience. And you'd be amazed because you think that you need to have certain technical skills to solve problems. And the reality is everybody contributes to a situation in the company, whether it be in sales and marketing, whether it be in um, finance possibly, whether it be in maintenance of, of uh, offices, whether it be in actually making the product. So it's really a group effort all the way down. Every single day is a group effort, actually. Yeah, your decision to do a company-wide meeting once a month mm -hmm. is, is for me, one of those logistical things that anybody could, could do. They, we tend to segment things into specializations, but um, I love that you make sure that everybody gets a chance to shine Mm -hmm. uh, to contribute in, in areas, whether it's that's their job category or not. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's so yeah. good to hear. Yeah. We, we want to promote a culture of nothing's a, a, a bad idea. You know, everything is a potentially a good idea actually. Yeah. So you don't want people who feel stifled. You don't want people not to speak up because they'll be chastised. Oh, you're wrong. Right. Everyone's entitled to, to what they see is going on and voicing their opinion. And usually they, they have something to add. That's very important. Yeah. And everybody yeah, they goes see away feeling empowered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everyone feels empowered. Everyone feels good. People probably look forward to going to work. And right. it's just a really great example of how we can start to really change the culture and feel empowered. So thank you both so much for joining. Real quickly, um, Annette, where can people find you? So the book, again, is Drinking from a Different Well. Do you have a, what is your website if people want? My website uh, is AnnetteSimmons.com. And email me if you're curious. I, I'm, I'm always answering my emails, Annette at AnnetteSimmons.com. And you can get the book either on Amazon or at a local bookstore. Uh, just ask for Drinking from a Different Well by Annette Simmons. And it's a great book with very empowering stories. And Jennifer, we can find you at jambars.com. Is that correct? 
Yeah, my email is jenny at jambar.com. And it's, it's uh, yeah, if you just Google <laughs> jambar, um, jambar.com, and you'll see our website. And people can uh, have a, a $12 sample pack. They can try one of each of the four flavors for $12. All right. And if you want to get a free sample pack, rate the show. Go to your favorite podcast platform, Rock Your Midlife. Give me a rating and I will hold this open for the next 10 days and somebody is going to win a box of 12. So thank you both so much for being here. Thank you everyone for listening. I hope you have felt empowered and inspired here on Rock Your Midlife. If you want to get in touch with me, I would love to hear from you. Check out my website, which is themidlifewhisperer.com. That's themidlifewhisperer.com. I have a great free gift for you there. You can get my book, Rock Your Midlife. And I would love to hear from you about topics you would like me to cover. Thanks so much for listening and have a terrific week. Thanks for listening to Rock Your Midlife. We hope this episode has helped you get real, discover who you are, and get the tools to navigate your life. Until we talk again, have a fantastic week and go rock your midlife.